What's going on, everybody? And welcome to another edition of the Weekly Walk-Off on the Did You Hear podcast, part of the Blue Wire Hustle podcast network. I'm Emma Houghton, and I'm joined by a very special guest today, Matt Williams. He is a writer and podcast host for NBC Sports Edge. He also is a writer for The Athletic, one of Pat and I's favorite websites. He also co-hosts two of his own podcasts, the Turn 2 podcast and the Daily Blitz podcast. And that's just his Twitter buyer. He is also one of the nicest and most inclusive people I've met on Twitter. So Matt, thank you so much for being here. How, how are you doing? No, I'm pretty good. Thanks for having me on. Just in the craziness at the end of the baseball season, the beginning of the football season, it's uh, it's intense. <laughs> yeah, so we talked a little bit before we hit record here, but what do these days look like for you juggling both football and baseball? Uh, I don't really have any days off. Um, it's basically on my days, scheduled days. Like I have shifts. I work some places on my scheduled days off. I'm writing uh, for future due dates. So, I mean, yeah, I'm pretty much, I love doing it though. I mean, you, you know, for anyone who works in this industry, it's uh, when you are growing up or you're, you're, uh, you're outside of it and you're like, Oh, I would really love to get into fantasy sports. That seems so fun. There's like a lot of work you have to do. So uh, it's fun. Like anything, like, you know, ask any chef, like you want to get everyone sees celebrity chefs on TV. You go there, you realize you, they actually like work from like 3 PM to 3 AM. You got to love doing it, which I do, but yeah, it's, it's a crazy and exciting time of year. Oh, I bet. Yeah. I like that anecdote and it's really the community that comes along with it too. That's how yeah. I got to know you through one of your Twitter posts. And then I was on, Michael Simeone's SP streamer podcast. There's just such a tight knit community, which is, I don't know if you can get there, get that much else anywhere else. It's a really, really cool added bonus. Yeah. The uh, t- Twitter, uh, well, social media in general, I say Twitter, cause that's where I usually am. It's just, it makes the world so much smaller. You can talk to everybody, people that you wouldn't rather. I mean, there's some people that wouldn't do this at all because they're, you know, you, whether your family and friends, they may not be interested in fantasy sports at all. And this gives you an opportunity to do it and make friends. Um, I mean, it's been weird with the pandemic. So, uh, you know, the, even people that would want to try to get together for live drafts and stuff, haven't been able to as much this year, they've been able to do that a little more. So yeah, it's, it's cool where you can actually make friends and then actually end up meeting them outside. Not suggesting everyone has to do that. I mean, some people are not comfortable with that and totally mm-hmm. makes sense, but you know, sometimes uh, people become good friends in real life. Yeah, I love that type of energy. I had my fantasy draft today for football, but we're here to talk baseball. Let's get into it. Um, Pat and I have done a lot of division-specific, MVP race-specific episodes. I kind of wanted to take a step back here. Pat, unfortunately, wasn't able to join us tonight. We are recording on a Wednesday, and this episode will drop on Friday as usual. But I want to talk about almost all of the contenders and some of the playoff hopefuls and focus on some specific players that are really fueling their run and what might make or break the rest of their season and then in turn that team's chances for the playoffs. So I'm going to start you off, uh, potentially one of the hardest teams to talk about if we're talking about individual performances. But if I say the Tampa Bay Rays to you, what's one guy that you focus on? And who do you think, if any, this offense first goes through? Josh Lowe. Just kidding. I am excited he's up. I mean, I'm in a lot of draft and hold leagues, and I'm excited that he's up. He's probably going to be only up for a couple of days. Uh, God. 
the guy that it runs through, I mean, if they're going to really contend, they need Nelson Cruz to be a lot better than he has been. They, they, he started out really hot when they traded for him from the twins, but he just hasn't been Nelson Cruz. So um, they were already good before that, but when they did acquire him, that was, it was thought of that, you know, all right, they're going for it. I mean, I know Wander Franco has like the 32, 30, how many 35 games on base streak, which is great. Yeah. But I think if they are truly going to make that next level, I mean, Brandon Lau is going to be fine. Austin Meadows is going to continue to do what he has been doing. I don't think he'll go up or down. Um, he's not quite the player that he once that we once hoped he was maybe going to be uh, at his peak, but uh, yeah, Nelson Cruz would be the guy. He absolutely needs to turn it back onto like the beast mode that we know he can be, which, you know, wouldn't shock me. Maybe he's saving it for the playoffs because if they get there and he gets hot, they can, you know, they can, he can carry a team. At 41 years old too, yes. <laughs> to go on. It, it, the incredible thing to me is that he was there trade deadline acquisition and at the time this is an ode to how talented this front office is the Rays had a home run problem Kevin Cash went out and addressed that problem the Rays lead the league lead all of baseball and runs scored but their team batting average is 240 Mm -hmm. and this is a year where offense is down we all know that we know the whole sticky substance scandal at this point I don't think that average is really drawing any eyes but they score runs. That means they find other ways to do it. And Nelson Cruz has shot that home run number up, which just gives them another asset in that toolbox that just continues to throw names out there that pretty much we've never heard. Yeah. I mean, they, it's the Rays. They, they, they managed to find ways to win. It was a surprise that they went out there and traded assets to acquire a 41 year old, but Hey, I mean, I expect it to work out for them. I mean, in the first half, he batted 304 with 18 home runs. He has hit 12 home runs in the second half. Batting average is down to 229. Um, was it in August? He's only batting 213. Uh, he has five home runs. So as long as he's, you know, continues to drive in hitters or base runners when they're on base in needed situations, the batting average won't matter as much. But yeah, they need, um, I think if they're going to make a serious push, then they're going to, they're going to need him to to be his best self because they their pitching is pretty strong, but they did some weird stuff at the deadline. Again, never second guessing the, what the Rays are doing. They're smarter than all of us, but they got rid of a lot of their depth. I mean, they traded Rich Hill, they traded Diego Castillo, and I'm not saying that anything they did was poor. It's just that, um, you know, what are their starting rotation right now is uh, with Patino, uh, they got Archer back there, Michael Walker, McClanahan, who's, who's awesome. Love him for the future. Uh, Rasmussen and Yarborough that's not exactly like going to strike fear into anyone. So, I mean, I think if they're going to get it done, uh, they're definitely going to have to get it done on the offensive side. Yeah. That's exactly where I was going to go because you see what a Charlie Morton is doing this year, who just earned himself a nice extension for next year with the Braves. I was going to ask if one specific name stuck out for you to you in that starting rotation and in the bullpen, they've actually been struck by a lot of injuries, which I think people don't, talk about enough because again the Rays are so talented that front office is so talented they continue to put guys out there but they've been without Nick Anderson they were without Pete Fairbanks for a long time they don't have Diego Castillo who was their I'm pretty sure he was their saves leader at the time is there one starter that you think if he doesn't perform this team is significantly worse or do you think they're all pretty much they have a job and they have to execute it yeah I don't think they I mean the starting pitching is is 
I don't know. I hate the term is what it is, but it is. Uh, they they don't have, really have a star. Yarborough hasn't been quite what, at least in fantasy, people hope to be. McClanahan has the ability to be an ace. He, he does. I think he will be in the future. I think for them to truly make a run, he it would be nice if he could maybe um, show a little more glimpse of that brilliance. I think their key is the bullpen, because even though they were struck with injuries, Colin McHugh has actually been pretty pretty great down the stretch uh whether they want to bring him in early or uh or late he can carry a few innings um he can even come in and save some games like it's the race they'll have a lot of people changing up but fairbanks is back that jt shargua shargo i don't know how to say his name uh but that's they claim they traded gastillo because they wanted him um so it's something they were targeting so uh you know JB Farisian again. I don't know. I don't see these guys' names enough, so I'm, I could be torturing. I'm sorry, everybody. But they have a talented, talented bullpen. Uh, so I think it just comes down to that. If their bullpen can be lights out as usual, which um, you know, I think they'll get by. But I, it's it, it's it's silly to doubt the Rays. But if I, the on paper is the and I like. There is Chris Hill could occasion give you some some solid starts since June twenty first, you know, the since the substance the you know the foreign substance crackdown, he hasn't been quite the same. But um yeah, they just they just lack that ace that stopper that person that can get you know go two games in a series to get you a win uh so yeah well we said this earlier offense offense is their key and they have a lot of good hitters so we'll see yeah unfortunately that ace would have been tyler glass now but it is an embarrassment of riches we have absolutely no business doubting the rays like you said Mm. and as of the beginning of the week they were leading the leagues in strikeouts they're also leading in run scores like i said only five teams have ever led both in the entire history of Major League Baseball. So the Rays are going to be just fine. (laughs) Uh, Let's shift to a team now that has more stars than non-stars, the New York Yankees. They're in a slide of late. There was a time about two or three weeks ago when Yankees fans were eyeing the division title. I was laughing them away at the time, and now it's become a bit more of a reality. Uh, Let's focus on Joey Gallo first. I'm going to ask you straight up, do you think – People within the Yankees organization are thinking that was a good get for them at the trade deadline based on the way Gallo's been playing since the beginning of August. I can't see how he could. I never understood the fit from the beginning because of the way he hits the ball. He was never someone who was going to truly take advantage of the park change from Texas to New York. Anthony Rizzo was, not that he's been great, but... Yeah, the way Gallo hits home runs, uh, he he loves to hit it out to to, to center and to right center. He, um, he's not a guy who just pulls it straight down to right field. So it's not like this was ever going to be some kind of a um, a massive upgrade like it could be for some other people. It's not like a perfect park for him like it was for DJ LeMahieu or anything. So, I mean, they, they didn't give up top prospects, but they gave up a lot of prospects to get him. And I know Glenn Otto is someone that Yankee fans were that are familiar with their with their farm system, weren't happy to give up. I think, you know, he can turn it on at any time. Batting average is obviously not a hallmark of Joey Gallo's game. He does get on base quite a bit, but still since the all-star break, um, 
he he was already sliding with Texas and was at 34 at bats. His, his on base percentage is already down to 235, or and it's only been 325 with the Yankees. So, I mean, before that, he was five was no, he was a 402. Oh no, his 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 uh his, his on base percentage is down to 162 with the Rangers, two 291 with the Yankees, and it was 402 before that. So, it's not just a matter of the home runs because a lot of people when they acquired Gallo were trying to the people that wanted to hate on it were just saying, Oh, he strikes. He just home runs. He's just home runs and strikeout guy. It's not that he gets on base a ton. At least he did. <laughs> and that's <laughs> what made it so great. He had that gold glove and he got on base, but he's not getting on base. So now he is a truly like a kind of a liability in the lineup. So yeah, he needs to get it squared away. I'm not sure what it is. I don't know. Some people can't play in New York. Uh, it's just it's just a thing. Um, you know, some people just crack under the pressure. It's very, very different than playing in Texas. Uh, so, yeah, they they uh, they have plenty of hitters, though. I mean, it's not like a one man band there in New York. Uh, but, yeah, I, I would think uh, come to the end of the year, <laughs> there's a chance that they're going to want to maybe he might he might want to get out of there, you know, kind of like Sonny Gray did. Uh, you know, some people, you know, they just crack and. Not, I'm not saying you won't either. It's been a, it's hasn't been too long. Some people, especially power hitters, who strike out a lot, are going to get into slumps. But <laughs> to see him not get on base like he always has, this isn't a new. I mean, he always has gotten on base and he hasn't. So that has me worried with with Joey Gallo. Yeah, he's absolutely a shell of himself right now. And I think, unfortunately for him, this is what Yankees fans were worried about. He's doing mm-hmm. everything that Yankees hitters were doing at the beginning of the season, except it just so happens that he's from the left side. And that's not yes. what they need. At this point, they need players like DJ LeMahieu. And I think that's why the money that he got at the beginning of this past offseason was worth mm-hmm. it because there needs to be some sort of mix-up in that lineup. Now you just have the same guys. You have more lefty line, uh, more lefty hitters, but it's not like Rizzo is getting on base at the pace that anyone expected him to. Yeah, exactly. Um, things can change. Uh, I, I think that they'll – once they get into the postseason, they'll probably end up – being happy that they have these guys in there to balance everything out. But, you know, <laughs> Yankee fans are very demanding. All New York fans are. So we'll, we'll see how it goes, but uh, the, the Yankee fans aren't going to take this for very long and they're certainly not going to take it in the postseason. So hopefully this isn't a nerves thing or, or, or an environmental thing because it's only going to get worse. Uh, you know, so the whole thing with Javier Baez, it looked like he may have been cracking, they had the whole problem with the thumbs down, ridiculous nonsense. And then he went on a tear, albeit on the road. Um, it was probably a well-timed road trip for him. Uh, but Joey Gallo <laughs> just needs to like break out and get on a roll here. We know he can. Uh, but again, part of his game is just being patient at the plate and taking walks. Maybe he's pressing. You know, a lot of people do that. They'll get into a new situation and they'll really want to earn, you know, their 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 due. So maybe it's that. So he has some time, so maybe he can calm down and get this going. Yeah, the uh, the Italian stallion isn't getting off to the hope, the the expectations that he was up. But I I also think it's an unquantifiable thing. He was a huge fish in a small pond in Texas, mm-hmm. and he is a small pond, small fish in a huge pond in New York now. So yeah. I want to talk about one more AL team, and I have to keep it in the AL East. It's the Blue Jays, and they have they have quite literally completely turned analysts around thinking that now it's going to be Red Sox Blue Jays in the wild card. Do you believe that you think what they're doing now is a fluke or is this finally the positive run differential just catching up to them? 
You mean as far as like uh, you you think you mean positively like, in a good you know, way? Yeah, in a good way. Yeah, I mean, I think I mean the beginning of the year they had they they always had the problem of pitching. I never understood why they went out and got George Springer, why they went out and got Marcus Simeon. Obviously, that's worked out tremendously <laughs> um, for at least Simeon. Uh, you know, Springer's great when he's in there. Mm-hmm. They always needed pitching, and they just like refused to address it. And, and, and not, you know, I'm not talking about going out there and getting one of the big guys, just get out there and get a couple of small guys. And they weren't doing it. They were happy to have Hunjin Ryu at the, at the helm, but now they got Jose Barrios who he's about as solid as they come. He's, he's maybe not a true ace, um, but he is, uh, he can match up with anybody. I don't know if everyone remembers that dueling no hitters with Corbin Burns to start yeah. the year. That was great. And now Robbie Ray, I don't know what they did, what's in the water in Dunedin <laughs> or Buffalo or wherever it was when they first uh, they first started turning around. But he's a different pitcher completely, and he is a legitimate, legitimate ace. So now they have Ryu, who's not really as good as you were hoping it would be, but still fine. Um, but then Ray and Barrios giving you those top three, and then Manoa's, you know, he's been solid as a rookie. So at least it gives you three legitimate pitchers to go into the playoffs with. So yeah, I believe that the offense is they could beat teams with no pitchers. Probably Um, they could go out there with just like, you know, someone just tossing underhand and they might be able to make a go at it. So now that they have real pitchers, no, it doesn't shock me at all. Uh, If, if uh, I mean, Steven Matz can put together a string of starts, they could really go for it. The back end of the rotation is still a little bit of a weakness, but yeah, the front end, they can hang with anybody. Um, So yeah, I think there's no reason to think they can't, uh, they can't go for it here. I completely agree. They're completely embarrassing the Yankees at home. It's kind of exceptional to watch what Semyon has done. Marcus Semyon, the second baseman, has 38 homers as of Wednesday. That's fourth in baseball. That's right behind Vlad, who has 40. Marcus Semyon is going to join the 40 home run club. You, you expected those numbers out of George Springer, maybe. But to give Marcus Semyon a flyer deal, I've been saying it for months. I think it is one of... One of the most impactful offseason signings in MLB history, absolutely the most impactful this year. And I completely agree with you about the pitching sit too. They went all in on Jose Barrios. They gave up some big name prospects. They also got another year of Barrios. So if yeah, Toronto they, doesn't, they needed they it. The, they, I, I think. Yeah. I, I like. I, I know some people don't like the how much they gave up. Some people don't consider Barrios an ace. It's he was the best guy available, like you said, another year of control. Those other players were were away from helping them. They have a window now. You got to take advantage of it before players get to arbitration, <laughs> you know, because they're going to try to bring Simeon back, I would assume. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's going to start catching up to him uh, when, if they have Springer. And then if they bring back Simeon, he'll cost a lot. We'll see if they can bring him back. Uh, you know, these guys, these young kids they have are going to start costing a ton. So they got to they got to make it work now. Absolutely. This is their window. And 40 days ago, it didn't seem like that. Uh, they got to shore some things up in the bullpen too. Kirby Yates going down before the season. Imagine what he could have been as the anchor of this bullpen, but I would not be surprised if the Blue Jays are a wildcard team at this point, which is, which is pretty, pretty incredible. Let's shift. They did, to, they did get the, they did get Julian May, Merriweather back fingers crossed. Yeah. He was a beast. I mean, everyone can remember how great he was. He threw four innings. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, we don't know what to expect, but he came back today. We recorded this on Wednesday. So, okay. you know, yeah, hopefully he can help shore up the back end of the pen. Yeah, that'd be really, really important. And the other thing 
that Blue Jays pitchers do that not a lot of pitchers do is go deep into games. You can count on Robbie Ray throwing seven innings almost every single time he's out there. Mm-hmm. Matt's put together a really good outing. Dur- Barrios has always had length. Ryu, at this point, it's actually a great move that they went after those guys because Ryu isn't the ace that people thought he would be this year, like you said. So they've got a little bit of flexibility with that bullpen. Let's shift to the NL now. I'm, I think I, I've always said there are going to be three teams out of the NL West, the strongest division this season. I've got some crazy numbers here. The last 22 games for San Diego, they've got 10 games against the Giants, six against the Dodgers, three against the Cardinals, and three. against the Braves, 16 of those. Uh, you froze. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't hear bad. anything you said. <laughs> uh, you were listing, the their, you're listing their schedule, and I was waiting for you to unfreeze. All right. So they have these 16 I, of their I, I, do know, I do know what their schedule is, though. Yeah. My, my question was, they they fare significantly worse on the road than they do at home, and they're facing that type of competition. Do you think that the Padres are gonna sneak into the wild card? Can they stay where they are right now? I I don't. Um, I mean, you Darvish has been terrible. Um, Chris Paddock has been terrible. Jake Arrieta's in the rotation right now. <laughs> Joe Musgrove's been fantastic. Jake Blake Snell's been fantastic recently. For most of the year, he couldn't even make it to a decision for like 80% of his starts. I mean, he couldn't even make it through five innings. Um, so they absolutely must have Blake Snell continue his his Cy Young level of performance. There's no reason to can think that he can't. Uh, I don't think I would bet on it necessarily with this like really difficult schedule coming up, but they have to have it. Now they need Musgrove and Snell to be great, and they need one of their other pitchers to step up. So giving them Snell. Let's just take my doubts away from him. Let's just say he continues on him and Musgrove. Darvish since June 21st. Again, that's always the benchmark of when they started the, uh, you know, the, the foreign substance crack. He has just been terrible. And Chris Paddock has been not quite as bad, but pretty awful. So I don't, I don't, they don't have a third pitcher and I don't necessarily think they're going to get one between now and the end of the season. So they have a few teams to deal with right behind them. They have Cincinnati. They have St. Louis will be fighting with them. Um, and they have the Phillies are right there. The Mets are like, four, you know, four, back, three and a half back now. So it's it's tightening up. So they have that's just a super difficult schedule. The so it's it's hard because you know what that is. It's the Giants and Dodgers. You you would hope if you were the Padres that they wouldn't care about those games, but getting home field and avoiding that wild card game is huge. So they're going to be fighting to win all those tooth and nail. So the Dodgers and giants are going to be giving them everything they've got to try to avoid that wild card game. So you've got like two of the best teams in baseball coming for you, the Cardinals, if they hang in there, that's just, it's too difficult of a schedule um, to overcome. I think compared to what the others have to do wouldn't surprise me if they did, but I think the odds are against them. Yeah, I completely agree. When Jake Arrieta made his first start for the Padres, I quite literally <laughs> could could not believe it. And then he got hurt. Exactly. It's been yeah. – they had a part of their schedule that they had to capitalize if they wanted to make moves, and they couldn't. 
and they couldn't beat the bad teams. They couldn't beat the losing teams. So to expect them to go out and make, make ground up with 16 games against the, the Dodgers and the Giants doesn't really seem very feasible. Let's shift to the Reds because I was pretty certain a couple of weeks ago that they were going to surpass the Padres mm-hmm. and they've had some question marks lately. I want to, I was going to ask you a really fun question about Joy Votto, but let's focus on their struggles first. Do you think their pitching staff and most importantly, their bullpen is strong enough to even put up a fight if they do get that wild card against the Dodgers or the Giants? Yeah. One in one game. I mean, obviously the, the Giants will be, giving Gaussman, I assume Walker Bueller will be coming out for the Dodgers. Uh, or Scherzer. <laughs> yeah, it actually should be Max Scherzer. No offense to Walker Bueller. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, but I mean, they have, I, I, I don't know, did they put Castillo? I mean, I personally would throw Tyler Molly out there if, if I were the Reds. I don't know if they would have that confidence to do that, but they have pitching that can hang. Um, and the hitting obviously can come alive at any time. So I think if they're healthy, they can do it. I mean, towards the end of the year in the bullpen, Michael Givens and Michael Lorenzen, it's it's probably the best shape their bullpen, at least the very, very back of their bullpen, has been legitimately in terms of real talent. Mm-hmm. We'll see if they can, you know, try to hold it together when they have to. It's it's not quite as bad as some other teams. But yeah, I think I believe in the Reds. I, I think that. I think they have a good path to get there. I think they have a better path than the Padres to get there. Agreed. Um, and I think they it's not like they're of it's not like they don't have a pitcher like the Rays don't have a legitimate wild card ace. The Reds don't necessarily have an ace because of the way Luis Castillo has been up and down. Um, but they obviously do have someone that on a single game could get it. I don't think it's a surprise that no matter who they're facing, they're going to be a massive underdog, <laughs> but I, I give them a good, I give them a good a chance as any, I mean, who would you rather have? Like, who do you think would have a better chance against um, you know, either of those teams? Let's just, let's just say it's the giants. No offense yeah. to the giants fans uh, like Castillo or Molly. Um, going Wait, against, Miley's been really great too. Or Miley, yeah. They could yeah. go with Miley. Any of that, any of their guys, um, going against Gaussman or the Cardinals snuck in yeah. with like, I guess, Adam Wainwright, the ageless mm-hmm. wonder. Uh, I, I would say the Reds have a, a pretty big advantage offensively. So I don't know. I I think whoever gets to the wild card is going to lose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, the Mets would have had a chance if Jacob deGrom apparently Good now point. has like a partially torn UCL. Now there probably would be Marcus Stroman. So there's just not a... Yeah. One game, anything can happen. Zach Wheeler, maybe. Yeah, Zach, Zach Wheeler, Wheeler would absolutely. I would get... Yeah, the the Phillies would absolutely pose. I think the biggest threat in a one game series. Um, I think they would not, not have a good yeah. chance in a long series. Uh, I think the Reds are built better for a long series. I think the Phillies with Zach Wheeler could certainly. Although, would they? Would they give it to Zach Wheeler? Um, or would they give it to Aaron Nola? I mean, I don't see how you don't give it to Zach Wheeler. Um, but you know, sometimes teams and managers, Joe Girardi's very old school. Sometimes you give it to like, you know, the, the, the veteran of the team and that's Aaron Nola. I mean, I don't know how you don't give it to Zach Wheeler, but. (laughs) Nola's been bad, bad this year. and he problem. always picks it up. Yeah, he always picks it up at the end of the year. So maybe Girardi's holding on to the last hope. I think Zach Wheeler is going to finish second in the NL Cy Young voting behind either Scherzer or Bueller. So I don't know how you don't do it. But I, but also, I mean, 
Wheeler could pitch seven innings and the bullpen could still blow it. So the Phillies have enough problems of their own. <laughs> yes, they do. You know, it's it's we keep talking about this who can match up, but all these teams are fighting, and sometimes yeah. it's not a luxury you can afford to line up your uh, rotation the way you want it, especially for a wild card game. Uh, more than likely, yeah. uh, these teams are just going to have to go with you know the, Zach Wheeler or, or whoever we're talking about. They might have to go the game before uh, just to make sure you get in. Max Scherzer might be going Sunday. That's a good point. And uh, and Walker Bueller could have been going uh, the two games before just to make it. So, uh, you know, the, it's anything can happen. But I think it'll be an uphill climb for anybody facing those Western teams. And even really matter because if you do on the off chance beat, let's see the Dodgers in a five-game series. So it really, you can't win. You really can't win. I'm going to ask you the fun question now. Is Joey Votto a Hall of Famer? It's a tough question. I am. Um, I am a small Hall person. I would. I would. I think like maybe a third okay. of Hall of Fame shouldn't be Hall of Famers. So let me. Really? If if you would allow me to give this answer, I wouldn't vote for him, but By I would means. not protest him going in. If that's fair. That's like fair. Larry Walker, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. I am not protesting him going in. It's perfectly fine. Um, I I think the Hall of Fame somebody that like you do guy. protest. I mean, there's there's so many. <laughs> um, I mean, just uh, just some of the like Harold Baines, <laughs> some of the uh, um, okay, yeah, Jack, like uh, my God, I'm just there, there's there's some there's a lot there's a lot. I mean, when you, I mean, his off the field stuff, off the, his off the field stuff, I'd never understood why everyone was really going for Omar Vizquel. I think, I think everyone really trumping for Scott Rowland's a little ridiculous, you know, I don't want to get in a fight with anyone. Again, I'm not, (laughs) if someone's voted in, I don't, I never say anything. That's why I just said, I don't want to give names. If someone there, if they're in, they're in, congratulations. Good, good for you. But I'll, I'll argue ahead of time. Uh, the second Larry Walker got in, I'm like, all right, congratulations. Maybe, yeah. uh, you know, maybe um, Todd Helton will get a few more votes. Not that I think he deserves to be in either, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's all good once you're in, but yeah, I don't, I don't think Joey Votto should be. In. Did I this season, my, go ahead. did his power this season change the narrative for you at all? <laughs> Not really. I think it made it more entertaining okay. that he he's a good enough hitter where he can just be like, okay, I'd like to hit home runs now. And then he does not that many people have the ability to do that. Mm-hmm. So I think that when I think of uh, like hall of famers, I want to think of you as being like having at least a decade of being considered like the best. And I don't think Joey Votto necessarily had that it's close though. Like, so I said, if, if he, if he were to make it, I'd have no problem with it, but he's not someone who really like he had such a he had such a like a I mean a lull for the last few years where I just think that he kind of needed if he was if he was doing this for the last few years maybe but I just think it's just a little he he'll come up a little short. Yeah, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. I think his on-base numbers are exceptional. Mm-hmm. But uh we will end with the team that you mentioned at the beginning. You're wearing a Mets hat. So I think I would be remiss to not ask about them. They've somehow brought it together of all the things. Pat is also a Mets fan. So I'm bummed. He can't be here to ask this. He called it a circus. He thought the circus act was done. 
the Mets continue to met. But I think you said it was three and a half. When we're recording right now, the Mets are four games out of the wild card, which at this point in the season, the Blue Jays were four games out a couple of weeks ago. We thought they had been out. The Mets are not out of it. Is there any chance that they can pull this off? Sure. Um, well, there's a couple of, I mean, the wild card's harder. Uh, they're, I believe they're like four back of the of the NL East. And that is obviously the thing to chase down because mm-hmm. you only have to chase down the Braves and the Phillies rather than the Padres and the Reds and the Cardinals and the Phillies. So that is the what you want to do. The, the beautiful thing is they finished the season with three games against the Braves. <laughs> so they only got to be, they're four games back now. All they have to do is be three games back with three to play and their destiny's in their hand. Obviously, mm. that would not be ideal. You want to get a little closer than that. They also have three games against, I believe, the Cardinals as well. So um, they they picked a good time to win some games. They have Washington and Nationals, uh, or they have the Nationals and the Marlins, um, and they're winning the games. You got to do it. Uh, you know, earlier in the year, the thing that almost set their season on fire was losing to these kind of teams. So at least they're taking care of business, but it'll be difficult. You know, they, uh, but having those games directly up against the Braves makes it tremendously easier. Usually you don't want to face a really quality team, but obviously you want to be able to face the team that is in front of you. Uh, you can make up as much ground as possible. So yeah, I mean, if they can get through this next uh, couple of weeks and maybe pick up like a couple more games and go into that series, two games down, um, we'll see. I like the idea of having their destiny in their own hands. According to Sandy Alderson, Jacob deGrom's probably healthy enough to pitch tomorrow. Wow. So who knows? I don't trust anything the Mets ever say. They said no (laughs) structural damage, no structural damage, no structural damage. By the way, he had a torn UCL. That's not news, they said. Quote, not news. You said no structural damage, and now he has a torn ACL. What? Yeah, it's it's comical. Uh, Before we go, can you tell me who your favorites are to come out of the NL and the AL and who you've got for the World Series? All right. Uh, for for the American League, I will say, God, this is, I'll say the White Sox. Okay. Um, they have to be healthy. I mean, Carlos Rodon, he came back from, they're being really careful with him managing his innings, but he still looks really solid. Lance Lynn's a is a beast. Yep. Uh, he can't, he can't be messed with. Uh, so I, I love, I like them to come out of there. And then for the national league, I will take my Mets away from it. Cause I don't want to be biased. And obviously they have an uphill battle. Uh, it's hard. Not to, it's hard not to say the Dodgers. So I'll go with Dodgers, white Sox, and, uh, I'll go with the uh, white Sox to win it all. Oh, love that. Pat also said the same thing. I, it's tough to count out the brewers in that too. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I think some of these, matchup some of these league matchups are going to be even better than the world series itself and i don't know if you get that every single year i mean white Sox, astros dodgers giants brewers dodgers brewers giants so good it's a small thing that i think i've seen in the past happen too much it's um the brewers have no reason to play today i mean What's their division lead right now? Yeah. 13 games. I was just crazy. Say 13 games. Uh, yeah. They they do not have to try right now. And they're not going to have to play any meaningful games for the rest of the year. Whereas whoever they play in the first round is going to be playing you know meaningful games up until that last second. Mm-hmm. The hitters, I mean, the pitchers will enjoy 
getting the rest. Peralta, Woodruff, Burns, they'll they'll get to rest their arms, which is which is good. They won't have to be pushed to the end of games. But you do want to keep them stretched out. But the the hitters on the other teams will be really you know still keen and, and in the zone. And sometimes that's not that's not too good. So. Um, it's just a slight thing that's against them. I'm rooting for the Brewers, though. If, if I had to pick one, the I will be rooting for the the Brew Crew because they are an interesting group there. I love that. I, one of my favorite things is the rest numbers when it comes to games. And when you when you sweep a series, it doesn't necessarily give you the advantage because yeah. hitters lose their timing, that whole thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, some pitchers like extra rest. Some 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 pitchers hate extra rest yeah uh, so it's so yeah, funny well yeah so it's it, it's it's all it's it's weird in baseball that's why it's you can't i, I hate the wild card and how do you feel about the wild card day? i don't think a 162 game season should come down to a game i loved having the uh the three game series like at least you know you got to win two out of three it doesn't have mm-hmm. to be a five game series but at least make it three you know i think we should at least have that I completely agree. I think it's unbaseball to have the entire season to play yeah, all these games. It's, it people really matter. <laughs> people argue with me like it's so exciting one game. I'm like, three games is as exciting. Winning yeah. game one is so huge, and then the next game is win or go home, no matter who wins. So, and it's more fair. So I don't know. No, that's how I, I thought. There were too many pl- too many teams in the playoffs last year. I didn't like the expanded playoff pl- format, but I absolutely love the three game set. It was interesting watching the Marlins uh, take down the Cubs, though. Yeah. <laughs> Some small market teams. We love it. Go Marlins. I'm a huge Kamang fan. Jeter today, obviously. I like what they're building. They're they're coming. Miami's coming. <laughs> but, Matt, that was so fun. Thank you so much for coming on. I apologize for the technical difficulties if they translated too much. But tell everybody where they can find you and listen to all your content that you're putting out there. I'm everywhere. I the best place if you want to talk to me is right on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me at M-A-T-T-W-I-7-7-I-A-M-S. I keep my DMs always open. Some people want to ask questions. If you're like, if, you know, some people don't want their league mates to see it, which again, I don't, <laughs> that's, that's whatever. I, I understand. But if you're, if you're too embarrassed to answer, you know, ask a question sometimes, if you don't understand like a certain advanced metric in baseball or anything, DM me, I'll be happy to talk it out with you. I'll explain stuff. We can just talk baseball. So uh, my DMs are always open, but yeah, you can, I always have a weekly column every Tuesday over on NBC Sports Edge. I host Monday morning, the Circling the Bases podcast for NBC Sports Edge and everything else. Check out my Twitter bio, as Emma was saying at the beginning of the show, and you can see where you can find all my stuff. Yeah, it's a busy time, busy part of the season. You will stay busy. Thanks for making time for us. And it was fun talking baseball with you. Yeah, thanks for having me on.